Praise the Lord. So good to see each one of you. Turn to your neighbor and say, You look good. Really good. Amen. Yes. And we are glad that you are here. And although, as has been mentioned, most of the people are on the way to the camp or are already there. You know? And this year, I understand that those... You know, the registration will have a big of surprise, you know. Even as the people register for the camp or into the hotel, you know, usually there's a waiting period and this and that. And, you know, if the rooms are not ready, you know, uh, uh, on time and or delayed, you know, people, uh, you know, tend to get uneasy and all, all that. To curb all of that, there is going to be a surprise there. And uh, wow, it's just wonderful. Praise the Lord. And it's going to be a wonderful camp. And uh, we trust that you'll pray for us and uh, that the presence of the Lord and the fellowship of the saints will be sweet. Amen. Now, usually the camp speaker will also speak for our weekend services. And then I will take the speaker up with me wherever the campsite is. But this year, there's a change, and so uh, many of you do not get to hear the speaker for the camp. And, uh, but don't worry, all right? Uh, we, I, uh, you know, I, I, I'm here today also to share on the theme of the camp. At least you will know what we are going to talk about and uh, what will be the emphasis even in the camp. Although the speaker may not share uh, uh, along this theme exactly, but at least you know what's happening. Now, what is uh, LOL? Sometimes when you text one another and uh, somebody sends you something and uh, instead of, uh, you know, long words, you just put LOL. LOL means laugh out loud. All right, that is an abbreviation that has been accepted even kind of uh, worldwide, you know. And uh, so, uh, yeah, it, it's good, all right, to, to be able to laugh out loud. And some even have set up an LOL ministry, not a SOS, but LOL ministry, a laugh out loud ministry. I think that's needed to bring cheer and joy to people. Alright, and uh, some of you already have that kind of ministry. When you receive something through the social media, something funny and something that really causes you to laugh, you know, you just want to send it to somebody and the person will laugh along and just reply L-O-L. I think we need this kind of ministry to bring cheer to a gloomy world. But L-O-L can mean other things as well. It means lots of love, lots of love. So guys, when you reply somebody, the person maybe may, uh, when you reply a girl with L O L, be careful. It may mean it may mean laugh out loud. You're enjoying a, 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 a cheery moment with a person, or you may be sending the wrong message that, that you are sending her lots of love. It's okay if you mean that, but if you don't have any relationship with a person, you may be misunderstood. Lots of love, and we all need lots of love, isn't it? We all need love, but in the camp, our theme is L O L. Not laugh out loud, but rather love out loud. Love out loud. Everybody say it together. Love out loud. Say it again. Love out loud. Tell your neighbor. Look at your neighbor in the eye and say, love out loud. Amen. 
In other words, when you say that you love, you cannot love silently, quietly. You cannot just say eat, but you have to love out loud. My text is taken from 1 John chapter 3, verse 11 to verse 24. Now, we will not be reading this passage of Scripture, but as we go along, I will just uh, expound on this uh, 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 long passage of Scripture for each one of us. But verse 11 tells us, this is the message. Wow. So clear cut. You don't have to think what the Christian message is. You don't have to wonder what the gospel message is. John says it very clearly. This is the message. And what is the message? This is the message you heard from the beginning. We should love one another. The same message that brought you salvation, the same message when you were just a young Christian, when you were just a new believer, it is still the same message. There's no new messages at all. It's still the same message as you were from the beginning in your Christian life, and as you are right now, it may be 40 years later, it may be 60 years later in your Christian pilgrimage and journey, the message remains the same. And what is the message? Love one another. John heard it. He heard it from the lips of our master, Jesus Christ, who said in John chapter 13, verse 34 and verse 35, a new commandment I give unto you, love one another. And now John repeated it. In fact, John is known as the apostle of love because of all the apostles, of all the disciples of Jesus Christ, he's the one who was constantly talking about Love. He talked about love more than any other disciples or apostles. History tells us that even when he was old and he has to be carried up to the front of the church to deliver a message, he has only one message everywhere that he goes. He will just say, children, love one another. This is the message. Verse 16 tells us this is how we know what love is. Do you know what love is? Now, love has been the theme of many, many songs, hundreds of songs since the days of Elvis Presley. How many of you remember that? In 1956, Elvis Presley sang that famous song, popular song, I'm almost tempted to sing it, but I will not try. It says, love me tender. And there were many other songs that he, that he continued. And Whitney Houston, and then the foreigner, the group foreigner, you know, uh, sang that song. I want to know what love is. All of us want to know what love is. 
A girl who has fallen in love with a boy wrote to the boy after two weeks of romance. She says, I love you with all my heart. And with that letter, she also sent a photo of herself. And she says, I love you with all my heart. I love you until the stars stop shining and the ocean is dry. And then she put a PS there. But if we break up, please send me back the photo. This is my favorite photo. <laughs> is that love? No. We know what love is not. But what is love? There is that pe peanut cartoon comic strip. And there is Lucy. Lucy is a girl who, fought, who is madly in love with that boy, Schrader, who is always pictured, you know, uh, bent over playing on the piano. So one day, Lucy went up to, 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 to Schrader and says, Guess what? I want you to tell me that you love me. And if you do not tell me that you love me, I am going to hold my breath until I drop dead. Schrader looked up from the piano and just said this. Breath holding is a strange phenomenon among children. And it can be overcome with a dose of vitamin B6. 400 milligrams of vitamin B6 twice a day is the order. And it will help if you take bananas, avocado, and beef liver. That was the reply of Schrader to Lucy. And then he continued playing on the piano. And in the last strip of the comic, it shows Lucy exasperated frustrated and she said all I ask for is just a little love and all I get is beef liver <laughs> oh we are crying out for love and we want to know what love is what is love well John tells us verse 16 we know what love is to the Christians we know what love is. Verse 18, Dear children, let us not love with words or speech, but with actions and in truth. Friends, this is love out loud. Not to say it loudly, no, that's not love out loud. Because it says here, not with words. Not with words, but with actions. Love is a verb. It is not a noun. Love is action. It is not just feeling. So our love must be love out loud. What is love out loud? It means to be loving, to love boldly, freely, to give yourself away. It means to love people, always doing what you can to show that love. That's what love out loud means. And I think all of us may have the good intent 
and say, yeah, I want to obey the commandment, the greatest commandment, loving God, loving others. Yes, I want to love, but how do I do that? How do we love out loud? How do we L-O-L? Firstly, for those of us who think that it's, it's, it's about what I can do for others and all those things, no, that's not the place to start. The place is start, to start is to know who you are. It's being. Everybody say being. Being is who we are. Who we are. And John gave us, first of all, a negative example. In teaching, you can straight away say who you are or you can put in a negative way who we are not. And so, John gave us a negative example. He says, do not be like Cain, who belonged to the evil one and murdered his brother. Here we have the tragic negative example of Cain, who we must not be. And John quoted only one Old Testament passage or scripture or example. And of all the Old Testament stories and figures and, and, and people, he chose Cain. In a negative way, do not be like Cain. And who is Cain? Cain belonged to the evil one. And what did he do? He murdered his own brother. The story is given for us in Genesis chapter 4, verse 1 to verse 16. Now, it's a difficult passage to understand. You know the story. This is the first story outside of the Garden of Eden. Adam and Eve had sexual relationships and they bear Cain, the older brother, and then after that, Abel. And Cain grew up as a farmer. And uh, Abel grew up even taking care of the flocks. And so... At one time, they just bring their offerings to the Lord. Cain, of course, brought the fruits of the land and brought it as an offering to the Lord. Maybe durian is included there. We don't know. But Abel, you know, since he took care of the flocks, he brought the flocks. Not just any flocks, but the first fruit, or rather the firstborn of the flocks and offered it to the Lord. And the Bible tells us, and this is where we are confused and we wonder what's happening. God accepted the offerings of, Cain, uh, of Abel, but rejected the offering of Cain. Why? Why? The Bible never tells us why. So all answers are just speculation. Most people will say, yay. You know, God has already prescribed the way He is to be worshipped. And there must be animal sacrifices, blood sacrifices, and whatnot. Whereas Cain's offering is just of fruits. And so he was rejected. But more than just the way of worship or what we bring as to express our worship, it was more of the intent of the heart. Abel brought the firstborn of the flock, the best of the flock. And he loved God and gave God his best. Whereas the Bible tells us that Cain brought some of the fruits 
of the land and gave to the Lord. The heart is not there. There is self-centeredness. So what happens? When God accepted the offerings of Abel and rejected his offering, he began to be angry. There was anger. There was anger in his heart and it showed it in his countenance and he was dejected. So in verse 6 of Genesis chapter 4, God said to Cain, Why are you angry? Why is your face downcast? If you read the story, Cain has not said a single word. And yet God says, why are you angry? Do you know that when you are angry, you don't have to say a single word. Everybody knows it. When your wife is angry, the husband knows it. She doesn't have to say anything at all. Walking on it. Uh-oh, something is not right. I better don't open my mouth right now. So there was anger in his heart. And God asked, why are you angry? You know, he, you know why he was angry? He had a problem. The problem was himself. But he put it on his brother. Abel. Abel is the cause of my problem. And he got grudges against him. And he got angry. And that anger begins to fester like a disease. From grudges, it turns into anger. Anger turns into hatred. He began to hate his own brother. And hatred begins to be manifested and turn into murder. He killed his own brother. You see, when you have grudges, when you have anger and when you have hatred, you open the door for Satan to come in. That's why the Bible says, who belong to the evil one. Once he has all these kind of negative feelings and evil thoughts, the enemy just took over him. And who is the enemy? Satan. Who is Satan? He has been a murderer, the Bible says, right from the very beginning. And took over the life of Cain, and he murdered his own brother. God later asked, what happens to your brother, Abel? And what was Cain's answer? Cain's answer is, am I my brother's keeper? You see the defiance, the rebellion. That's what happens when we do not have love. That's what happens when we do not have that brotherly love. Grudges, anger, hatred, murder takes over our life. So John says, do not be like Cain. Why did he have to say that? Of all the examples, he says, do not be like Cain. Why did he say that? Because at one time, we were Cain's. And we live in a world surrounded by grudges, hatred, disappointments, hostility. From the day of Cain, we have turned into murderers. We kill one another. We disappoint one another. We are suspicious of each other. We hold grudges against others who do not appreciate us. 
And that's the kind of world that we live in. That's why the command to love one another honestly is not simple. Because Cain is in us. The world is overrun by Cain's. And even we ourselves, within our heart, sometimes we manifest that Cain syndrome. So that's why John says, do not be like Cain. Turn to your neighbor and say, I am not Cain. Amen. We are not Cain's. Amen. God has done something within each one of us. But there's an issue that we live in. A man ran into a cave to seek shelter from the rainstorm. And after he had dried himself a little bit, he turned on his torchlight to look around his surrounding in that dark cave. And lo and behold, he was surprised at what he saw. The cave was filled with all kinds of creatures. Snakes, lizards, you know, and uh, spiders, and all kinds of things. And guess what he did? He just ran out of that cave. And we live surrounded by all kinds of creatures. If we are not careful, the king nature will take over us. That's why, you know, uh, John says, do not be like Cain. A man was talking to the zookeeper and there was a lion, you know, inside the cage. And the lion was sleeping so soundly, so peacefully, so cutely. And the man says to the zookeeper, it's a shame that you have to put that lion behind that cage. Because I have a cat. And that lion looks so much like my cat. And he's so cute. You know, why must you put that lion behind the cage? And the zookeeper says, Man, trust me. You know, your cat is not the same as a lion. The lion may look very cute. But I tell you, the instinct of the lion is to kill. The instinct of a lion is a murder. And if I don't put the cage, if I don't put the lion behind the cage, he will just kill anything and everything. And the reason why we are not murdering is because of the cage. Sometimes there are cages around us, and that's good. Otherwise, you find that, hey, you know, all kinds of negative manifestations will be there because of the cage. The cage of you know, being caught, the cage of being imprisoned, you know, and, 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 and other uh, 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 penalties. That's why we do not do what you know, the, the old nature wants to do. That's why the Bible says, do not be like Cain. So what are we supposed to be if we are not to be like Cain? Be like Christ. Amen. Be like Christ. So there is a comparison. There is Cain and there is Christ. Be like Christ. Christ is a perfect example. This is how we know what love is. Jesus Christ laid down His life for us. This is how we know what love is. 
Brothers and sisters, you want to know what love is? Look at the cross. Look at the cross. I know we are Christians and we have accepted the Lord Jesus Christ and we thank God for that. But sometimes we don't understand what the cross entails. What is love? Jesus Christ laid down His life for us. You want the definition of love? Here it is. Here it is. Just eight words in the English language. Just eight words. It says Jesus Christ laid down His life for us. That's it. John writes a very pointed message for each one of us. Love is not just telling someone you love them. It is demonstrating it. Love is not just fine intentions and high-sounding words. Love suffers. Love is not simply sweet whisperings. Love is flesh and blood, nails and sweat and tears. He laid down His life for us. Love is not just wishing someone well and just going our merry way. Love is getting into the trenches, into the mud. Love is not just sending a check and forgetting it all. Love is cleaning up the mess. Love is not just a 30-second prayer. Love is sitting through the night with somebody who has lost a loved one. Love is not just empty words. This is how we know what love is. Jesus Christ laid down His life for us. God's love is not cheap. God's love requires His all. That's His very being. The agape love of God is costly. He gave His life for us. Love is blood-stained. Love is nails on the cross. Love is tears. Love is sweat. Love is a cry of anguish. Never take that for granted, church. As we consider the cross and what Jesus Christ has done for each one of us. That's what love is. And Jesus Christ has set an example for us. He says, 
He laid down His life for us. So we ought to lay down our lives for our brothers and sisters. How do we lay down our life for our brothers and sisters? No, no, no. It's not asking you to give your life literally. If you are, if you are gone, then what's, what's, what's the usefulness? What's the benefit of your life? It is while we are alive. Laying down our life for others just means simply helping them in whatever way that we can. Been there for them. Seeing a need and meeting a need. That's what love is. And so, it's the love of Jesus Christ in us. Not the character of Cain. So being is the first step. Then there is doing. Real love is acting. Real love is action. Not acting. Alright, sorry. Real love is acting. How did I get that? Somebody caught it. You know, now some of you just caught it. Real love is not acting. Real love is action. Alright. Real love is action. Bible tells us in verse 18. Dear children, let us not love with words or speech, but with actions and in truth. And verse 22, we keep His commands and do what pleases Him. It's not just being. Many times in the Christian circle, there is a struggle between being and doing. No. no. Your doing flows out of your being. Just being somebody doesn't mean that there's no actions that follow. You know, the, the acts must follow as well. So the action word do appears dozens of times in the scripture and it just uh, no, it calls, it is a call for believers to demonstrate who we are by our actions. Love out loud simply means that we love through our actions and not by our words alone. They say what? Words are cheap. But actions speak louder than words. That's why it is through our actions that we love out loud. It's not enough to just say, I love you. You have to demonstrate it. Demonstrate it. There are many people who can say, I love you. And sometimes they manipulate love. Some youngsters fall for that. Guy met a girl and they, they, they have a romantic relationship for a while. And then after that, the guy will say, if you love me, sleep with me. And the girl who really loves a guy is caught. Is that the way that you demonstrate love? No, that's not true love anymore. That's manipulation. Instead of controlling his hormonal urges, he's manipulating and playing on the vulnerability of that girl. That's not true love. True love is demonstrated in actions. Not just words and requirements and manipulation. So what is love? Now many times our images and our understanding of love is shaped by Hollywood instead of the Holy Word. 
Yeah, y'all got it. <laughs> Hollywood instead of whole, of the ho- holy word. Real love is not just a feeling. It is an action. It is less of the Hollywood, beautiful Hollywood actors embracing one another on the beach under the shadows of the sunset. Is that our picture of love? I think it is less of that. And it is more of that man in the cancer ward holding the hands of his new bride and assuring her that in spite of all, she is still the most beautiful woman in the whole world for him. That's love. Love is less of the proud parents watching the solo play in a concert by their young son. And it is more, it is more of that mother holding the son who have just asked the question, how come everybody got a father and I don't have a father? Love is less of that big donor who make a big donation to build a new hospital wing and to have his name, you know, on the plaque there. And it is more of that single mother struggling, struggling to bring up the two children, working through the night. That's tough love. But what is love? Real love, demonstrated love, loving out loud. We can do it in so many different ways. Loving out loud sometimes just means giving somebody a right to the church. It may just mean preparing a meal for a foreign student. It may mean just fixing the sink. It may mean just Washing the dishes. Loving out loud. In so many different ways. Whether it be in the family, in the home, in the office, and in the world that we live in. It is to be demonstrated. It is not just feeling. Love is not that giddy feeling when you met somebody and you think that you are madly in love with the person. Love is a decision. We are not saved because God felt a certain way. We are not saved by God's feeling. We are saved when Jesus Christ laid down His life for us. It was an action. Love is beyond feeling. A parent may say to the child, I will love you so much. 
But by their very action, have neglected the children in every aspect and are busy in so many different things except for the child. Sometimes words, sometimes love does not need words at all. The picture of a couple just holding hands. A couple who have been married for 60 years, just holding hands, sitting down quietly, did not say anything. Friends, that is love. I think many of us were touched by the picture of our present Prime Minister and the wife, Siti. The picture of Mahathir with the wife just laughing together in a corner. I mean, that picture speaks volumes. They don't have to say anything at all, but you know that this couple really care for each other and really live each other. Husband's wife, love sometimes just means holding your spouse's hand. That's all. Especially in front of people. Sometimes we are so distant. I, I know it is Asian culture. We don't demonstrate love to our, I mean, for our loved one in front of people, correct or not? You know? I mean, not like the Western. They are all over each other. <laughs> Publicly. But come on, you know, especially in front of important people, hold your spouse's hand. That speaks volume. People can see the kind of love that you have for each other. I know for us Chinamen, it's a bit difficult to do that, but try anyway. Love. Love in the working place must be demonstrated not by tearing down one another but by building up one another. Not looking at everybody as your competitor that must be overcome but as fellow colleagues encouraging one another, looking out for one another. Love. There are so many things that we can talk about love. Loving out loud with our ears, giving a listening ear. That is very important. Many times, we like to hear ourselves talk. We don't like to listen to other people talk. But love is just giving, lending a listening ear. I tell you, it can help a lot of people, hurting people, Love out loud with our mouth. How can we say that we love one another and yet we tear down each other, gossip about each other? No, instead speak kind words, encouraging words, positive words. Not just in the presence of the person, but even behind the person's back. Love with our hands in concrete action. Love with our feet, going the second mile. That's how we love out loud in our actions. And when you begin to love, you know what happens? It affects your spiritual life. It also affects your prayer life. Affects your prayer life. The Bible here says, Dear friends, if our hearts do not condemn us, we have confidence before God. We have what? Confidence. Now, last week, we already heard a message on confidence. 
And the Bible here says, we have confidence before God. Our confidence is before God. Our confidence is in God and never in ourselves. We have no confidence in the flesh at all, Paul says. But our confidence is in God. And we have confidence, great confidence before God. And, and, and what is this confidence? This confidence is we will receive from Him anything we ask. You see, when you, you begin to walk in love, all right, God begins to work in your heart and He hears our heart's cry. He hears our prayer. So this shows us that sometimes our prayer life is hindered because of the lack of love. We can pray for the salvation of the world. We can pray for the salvation of our loved ones. But if we do not show that love to our father, to our mother, to our brothers and sisters, that prayer will not be effective. But when we begin to love and show that love, demonstrate that love, then we have this confidence before God that we will receive from Him anything that we ask. So love one another through our being, through our doing, and lastly, by the Spirit of God. Love out loud by the Spirit. And this is His command, verse 23, to believe in the name of His Son, Jesus Christ, and to love one another as He commanded us. What is His command? To believe, to love. Can you remember that? What is His command? To believe and to love. Now these two goes in tandem. They must go side by side. If we just believe, it's not enough. We must believe and love. If we love, it's not enough. We must believe and love. You see, some of us are so caught up with doctrines, pure doctrines. If the preacher says something that is not in the word of the Lord, we are the first to jump up and criticize and tear down that person because we are for pure doctrines. You see, but right theology itself is not sufficient. So many of us have the right theology but the wrong behavior. Some of our people like to live in what we call theological skyscrapers. They live so high up. They're all their theology, high-sounding theology is correct, but when it comes to loving one another, there's no love at all. It doesn't work that way. We are commanded to believe and to love. To believe in the name of His Son, Jesus Christ. Oh, we can have all the right theology about Jesus Christ, about the Holy Spirit, about the end times. And we are ready to defend it and give our life even for our conviction. We say it as our conviction of the truth of the word of the Lord. But there is no manifestation of love at all. It doesn't work that way. Some of us are so insistent on the right theology, right way of worship, you know, and everything must be according to the word of the Lord. Yes, we insist on that. Yes, that is good. We want to be theologically and biblically correct, but it must be balanced with love. Otherwise, we become like the Pharisees 
And Jesus was dead against the Pharisees. They wanted to be right to the letter of the law. And he has only one word for them. Woe! Woe to you Pharisees! Woe to you Sadducees! And so there must be belief and love. And this is done by the power of the Holy Spirit. We know that He lives in us. How do, how do we know that He lives in us? Remember the song, He lives, He lives. You ask me how I know He lives, He lives within my heart. And this is it. God has given us His Holy Spirit. Who, is, who lives in you? God. Holy Spirit, not Cain. Cain is dead. Amen. Cain is dead and now he lives in us. God lives in us. And how do we know that? Because of the Holy Spirit. He has given us the Holy Spirit. And what, who is the Holy Spirit and what does he do? Romans 5.5 5, For we know how dearly God loves us because he has given us the Holy Spirit to fill our hearts with his love. When the Holy Spirit comes, what does he do? He fills our heart with His love. That's what the Holy Spirit does. Fill my heart with your love, Holy Spirit. Most of us are not that lovey-dovey. We are not so loving. We look for self as number one instead of others. But when the Holy Spirit comes, he's, the love of God is poured in our hearts the love of God is shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Spirit. So how do I know whether you have the Holy Spirit or not? Friends, it's not just by speaking in tongues. Now, I am a Pentecostal. We are Pentecostals here. We always insist. Oh, the initial physical evidence of the Holy Spirit, of the feeling of the Holy Spirit is speaking in tongues. We still hold fast to that. But that is only the initial, the physical there are other manifestations of the Holy Spirit, top of which is love. If you say that you have been filled with the Holy Spirit, is there love in your heart? There must be love because that's what the Holy Spirit does in each one of us. And when you have the Holy Spirit, you know what He does? In Galatians 5, 5, 16 and 17, live by the Spirit. So I say, let the Holy Spirit guide your lives. Then you won't be doing what? Your sinful nature craves. What is this sinful nature? Cain. The nature of Cain. So you will not do what that nature of Cain craves for. And the Holy Spirit gives us desires that are opposite of what the sinful nature desires. You see, we will constantly be wrestling with a sinful nature. But when the Holy Spirit constantly guides you, leads you, fills you, then He gives you, you know, holy desires, godly desires that will overcome even the sinful nature. And 2 Corinthians 3.18, So all of us who have had the view removed can see and reflect the glory of the Lord. And the Lord who is the Spirit makes us more and more him as we are changed into His glorious image to be like Jesus Christ. How? The work of the Holy Spirit transforming us day by day. 
Many of us know who we are, our shortcoming in loving out loud. You want to be a more loving husband, more loving wife, more loving cell leader, more loving pastor, more loving body of Christ. It's by the help of the Holy Spirit as He changes and transforms us day by day. And finally, Galatians 5.22, what does it say? The Holy Spirit produces something in our life. What is that? Love. Do you recognize the need for love? More love in your life. Loving out loud. It is the work of the Holy Spirit. Not just us trying to love with our human love, but allowing the love of God to flow out out of the overflow of the Holy Spirit. The Spirit produces this kind of fruit in our lives. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. And as we learn to live and subject ourselves to the Holy Spirit, be led and guided by Him, you will have more and more of the love of God and you will find that, hey, it's so natural to begin to love others and to love one another. Love out loud. Start with being is who we are. Doing, putting love into action and loving out loud by the Holy Spirit. Let's ask God to help us in this area. Let's pray. Hallelujah. Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. How many of you need the love of God? I know sometimes it's so difficult. That's why it must be the love of God. People will take advantage of us. People may misunderstand us and people will even manipulate love. But that doesn't mean that we stop giving love. We stop loving. It's in our nature to love. It's the nature of the Holy Spirit to love. So let's ask the Lord to help us. Perhaps here today, some of us are entrapped in the Cain syndrome, grudges, anger, hatred, jealousy, hostility. Don't let any of these things grip your heart. Let it go. Surrender unto the Lord. Forgive and let it go. Instead, ask the Holy Spirit to fill you, to fill your heart with love. Shall we stand together even as we worship the Lord and just surrender our lives to Him today?